2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 7. <clears throat> you know, Paul was, was uh, given a lot of revelations from God. There was a lot of things that he didn't see physically in this world. He didn't, uh, he didn't walk around with Jesus before Jesus was crucified. So there was a lot of things that God just kind of revealed to him. And uh, this is kind of where we pick up in verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I titled this message, Sufficient Grace. You know, that, that, uh, that phrase has stuck in my mind most of the week. My grace is sufficient for thee. And so I had to kind of read this verse and read some commentary. I had to just really dig in and find out what it was God wanted me to share with you this morning. You know, because that one little sentence there by itself sometimes doesn't mean a whole lot. So I needed to really find out what it was God wanted me to get across to you. You know, we don't know any details about the thing that afflicted or uh, buffeted Paul, other than it says the messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. It means to, you know, it meant that he was kind of kept in check to make sure that he didn't begin to think more highly of himself than he ought to, just because God had chose to reveal some things to him. And you know, it's easy for us to do that. We we get into this mode of thinking, well, uh, I've got this special connection to God and and all of a sudden, I feel like I'm better than somebody, you know. And and so Paul, uh, if you look at the background of Paul, you find that that he had a a pretty privileged life from birth. He was born as a Roman citizen. He uh, he was somebody before God called him. He was somebody to this world. He held a a high position. He was thought highly of. But when God called him, God had to tear him down. He had to to bring him down a few notches. So, God knowing that Paul had this uh, tendency to, to think highly of himself, said, I need to keep you in check. So he sent this messenger of Satan to buffet him. He had this thorn in the flesh, whatever that thorn may have been. I want you to see that Paul went to God. He was diligent in his prayer. He said he besought the Lord thrice, three times. He went to God and asked God to remove it. And what did God tell him? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't say, uh, okay, I'll go ahead and remove it because you're diligent to pray. He said, no. He said, I put that thing there for a reason. That's in my will. He said, but even though this is a hindrance to you, my grace is sufficient. Now, what is grace? You know, we've talked several times about grace. And 
you know, one way you could define grace is is unmerited favor. I also sometimes make it a little easier to understand by saying that it's receiving something you don't deserve. But you know, it's more than just receiving something you don't deserve. It's favor in place of punishment. Favor in place of punishment. So, it's almost like grace is made up not only of favor, but also of mercy. Mercy and grace go hand in hand. So there's some mercy in grace. Now y'all bear with me for a minute. I'm I'm laying the groundwork here. I want y'all to get a real good idea of what is being said. I want you to understand that grace is not just favor, but there is a source of power in grace. So when God said that my grace is sufficient, He's not just saying that it's it's good that you, that I'm on your side, that that I I find you pleasing. You know, He's not just saying that I'm going to give you something you don't deserve. He's saying that when I'm on your side, there's a source of power there. My grace is sufficient because you have found grace in my eyes. I'm on your side. What does the Word tell us? It tells us that if He is for us, who can be against us? When God is on your side, listen to me kids, when God is on your side, nobody can be against you. Now you know, we've got some little kids here that are going to start pre-K. They don't even know what school's about yet. They're so small and innocent, they don't, even, they don't know what they're going to get into when they go to school. And you know, it would be so easy for somebody to lead them astray. Because they believe every word that comes out of that teacher's mouth. And it's real easy for us as parents to kind of start to have fear. That somebody might teach our kids wrong. But you know, the Word tells us that God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of peace and of a sound mind. So we've got to learn to to dwell within that grace. That grace, he told Paul, is sufficient. That means that it's abundant. There's more than enough to meet your need. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now you may look at these little kids and think, well, they're not very strong. That's right, they're weak. But it's through that weakness, it's through your own inadequacies, it's through your lack that God is glorified. But we've got to humble ourselves. Listen, God will give you grace, but you've got to go to Him with a spirit of humbleness. When you... Go to God and you say, you kind of have an attitude like you deserve it. He's not going to honor that prayer. You know, there's a reason why he, he wanted to keep Paul humble so that he could use him. Because when, when you change your attitude from humbleness to have a haughty spirit where you're just thinking you can do it on your own, where you don't need God, well, he'll withdraw. He'll pull back. So you've got to Find that place where His grace is poured out. 
And that only comes when you humble yourself before God. You know, Paul needed a lot of grace. Paul fought some battles that I hope I never face. Paul went through things that that just are unimaginable. But yet he persevered. He kept going on. Do you think he did that because he was just a strong person? No. He did that because of the grace of God. Because God worked through him. Because Paul stayed humble. God was able to pour His grace out upon him. The weaker we are, there is more opportunity for God to show His power through us. When we're strong, think about this now. If there's something you're really good at, and you go and you complete a task, and and everybody looks and says, well, he did a really good job. Does God get any glory out of that? No. God doesn't get any glory. You do. Because everybody knows you're good at it. But if there's something that you're not good at, and you go on and and work through it, and God supplies the need in your life in that point in time, everybody looks at it and says, man, how in the world did He get through that? That is your opportunity to say, it's by the grace of God. It's because God gave me whatever I needed to get through, whatever strength I needed, whatever knowledge and, and ability that I needed to complete that. It's because God worked through me. See, it's through your weakness that He is made strong. Why does God work with us like that? Why does God choose to use us in that kind of way? It's because He desires us to glorify Him. He desires us to have this attitude of of humbleness and, and lowering ourselves so that He can be lifted up. Look in verse 10. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You know, it's hard to take pleasure in infirmity. But what Paul's telling you is that it's during these times that when you're at your weakest, he, he decided, well, you know, instead of having a pity party for myself, I'm going to take this opportunity to let God be glorified. So I'm going to take pleasure in these things because He's looking ahead and He's seeing, man, the next time I have a problem, the next time I'm at my weakest point, I'm going to use that to glorify God. That's how you can take pleasure in it. You're thinking ahead. You're thinking, this is not just another opportunity for me to be sick and miss a day of work. This is a time for me to to give God glory. You know, Brother Kent come in this morning. The first thing we heard out of him and his wife was, thank God he's better. Thank God that he's out of the hospital. You know, he could have come in and just said, Well, I'm glad to be back. But no, they gave God the praise for it. 
You know, this it's one thing when you're in the hospital, but what about when it's just something kind of minor? What about when it's a little thing? You need the grace of God to get through. So why not take that opportunity when when you're having a little tough time to say, you know, instead of me beating myself up over all these situations and, and beating my head against the wall and trying to figure out how to get through and, and all this, I'm just going to begin to give God the praise right now. Before I even know what the outcome is, I'm going to give God the glory in it. You know, people of the world don't understand that. They don't understand how you can be excited about the outcome before you know what it is. They don't understand walking in faith. The Word says that some things are just spiritually discerned. You can't understand them in the natural mind. But what I want you to understand today is that grace is what you need to be seeking when you have lack in your life. You need the grace of God to be poured out upon you so that you'll have strength to move on. Paul couldn't have done what he did without grace. You know, mercy's wonderful. But mercy just gets you in the door. Grace is what propels you forward. Grace it means God is with you. It means you have found favor with God. You know, I pray all the time that God will give me favor with not only my bosses at work, but people that have influence. And it's not that I'm trying to somehow build up my personal wealth and myself and, and exalt myself by that favor. But listen, when God gives you favor with other people, that's yet one more opportunity to let Him be glorified. You know, attitude has everything to do with your life. Changing your attitude is crucial to your Christian life. It's easy to keep that worldly attitude and think I'm going to get everything I can. But you know, I, I have opportunities all the time to get everything I can. But I realize, and guys, I'm not trying to toot my own horn today, I'm really not. But I'm, I'm using this as an example. I have opportunities all the time to try to increase my status at work. But I have to make a conscious decision every time. Is this something that I can use to glorify God? Or is this something that's going to glorify myself? Is this something that's going to take away from my time with God? And you may be sitting there thinking, well, that you're a preacher. Yeah, you've got to think about that. You need to be thinking about that too. Is the, are the decisions, the, excuse me, the decisions you're making going to interfere with your relationship with God? It may look good on the outside. You may think, man, if I get that job, I'll have more money than I can handle. But you may not have any time to spend with God either then too. Grace. We've got to learn to get through the difficulties in our life depending on the grace of God. You know, it's His grace that allows us to get through these things. 
Now, I'm not, listen, you can get through some of this stuff on your own. I ain't going to try to deceive you today and tell you that if you don't have God, you can't get through anything. You can get through some stuff on your own. But, you know, when you depend upon the grace of God and it's hard the first time, it gets easier and it gets easier and it gets easier. Before you know it, the first thought that ever comes to your mind is, God, I need some grace. God, I need help making this decision. God, I need some strength to get through this. It's too tough. I need some help. Instead of thinking, man, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I, I, I just thought of everything. I, what am I going to do tomorrow? I can't think about all this stuff right now. I can't figure out how to prioritize everything in my life. Listen, when you have that kind of attitude, all you're going to be is worried and stressed out. When you begin to depend upon the grace of God, you realize that all of a sudden it doesn't matter what I think about anything. It doesn't matter what's happening next week. It doesn't matter what I'm going to have to do tomorrow. Because I'm dependent upon the grace of God. I'm dependent upon God to provide the way for me to do these things. When you realize that it has nothing to do with your ability anymore, and you're dependent upon God to provide, it kind of takes a load off. Why do you think Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow? Because He didn't want you to take any thought for tomorrow. He wanted you to to depend upon Him. He wanted you to seek Him in everything. Lean not on on your own understanding. He said, my grace is sufficient. His grace is abundant. You ever find yourself needing more strength? You know, I found that the times that I need more strength, one way to get more strength is to humble myself before God. Why? Because when I humble myself before God, His strength takes my place. When I allow that grace to come into my life and that favor, and then God is on my side. When listen, when you do it yourself, God can't be on your side because you're doing it by yourself. But when you allow God to be on your side, the word says, "Who can be against you?" What I want y'all to understand today is it doesn't matter what. Everything looks like in your life. It doesn't matter what other people tell you in your life. And you apply this to whatever situation or problem you might be facing. But understand, it doesn't, none of that matters. What matters is that you have the opportunity to have grace. And when that grace comes... Understand that all that other stuff can change. When God is in control of your life, all that other stuff is meaningless. Because He is in control. He can make a way where there is no way. He can open doors that were closed before. He can close doors that you don't need to go through. When that grace is in your life, there's, there's a way to go. 
in a way that you can know that this is the right way. This is the thing I need to do in my life. This is the way I need to go because God's directing my path. That's why He said my grace is sufficient. He said that's all you need is my grace. Don't worry about these problems you think you have. My grace is all you need to be concerned about. My grace is sufficient. It will cover all this other stuff over. Grace is important. Now, listen, I know this is getting repetitive, but I want you to understand it. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. So you see, it's not just unmerited favor. He refers to it as some sort of power, doesn't he? he? He says that you can find grace to help in a time of need. It's called the throne of grace. You know, there's all kinds of thrones. There's a throne of judgment. You look at worldly kings that sit upon a throne and however they deal with their people may be how you would refer to their throne. His is referred to as the throne of grace. It's where you can find help in a time of trouble. And what does he say? He says you can come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to creak the door open and sneak in and kind of work your way around the side and... and, and and sneak up. No, it says you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now that doesn't mean you come to Him with this attitude like you deserve something, but you can come to Him because you know who you are in Christ. Because you are a child of God. Because you are one of, you are in His inheritance. You can come boldly and say, God, I need some help. God, I have a time of trouble and I need You to to show forth some grace in my life. I need You on my side right now. I need some help. I need some guidance and direction. And, you know, you can do that boldly. There doesn't have to be any kind of apprehension in your life thinking, is God going to help? No. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because I'm faithful to supply your every need. I'm faithful to be on your side when you call upon me. That grace is is there for the taking. It's there waiting on you. You can choose not to take advantage of it. How many people are born into this world with a rich father or mother and say, hey, I don't think I'll take any of that. I'm going to go do my own thing. Oh, there's probably a couple, but not many. I guarantee you that. 
There is no difference. You're a child of God. The Word says that you're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You're entitled to that grace. It's waiting on you. All you have to do is say, God, I need your help. God, I need grace to get through this. I need need something. I need you to show me what I need to do. And His grace will be there. There's all kinds of troubles you'll face in this life. There's all kinds of things that we run into on a daily basis that would just try to hinder us, would try to stop us and slow us down. And Man, I tell you what, without the grace of God, I don't know how to get through them. When I do it on my own, I fail miserably. But those times that I have enough presence of mind to seek God and to say, God, this is the toughest thing I've ever been through. I need Your help. I, don't, I can't overcome this. Listen, this is important. When I acknowledge to God that I can't get through this on my own, I need Your help. What does that mean? That's humbleness. That's humbling yourself before God saying, God, I can't do it. I need Your help. That's when grace comes. A prideful spirit comes before a fall, is what the Word says. But He gives more grace to the humble. I hope this touched you this morning. Now, I know this ain't the... This ain't one of them big shouting, hopping around sermons. But there's probably somebody here today that needed to hear about grace. You know, sometimes we preach about the blood of Jesus and we preach about that mercy that was provided and that salvation. I want you all to understand that none of that could have come about if it weren't for the grace of God. It's that unmerited favor. It's that, look, He's... he's He's on your side. He he said, I want to have you and I don't want to punish you. It's that grace that drives all that other stuff. That's why it's called the throne of grace. You know, there's an old song called Amazing Grace. And it talks about that it's that amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. It wasn't just mercy. Understand that this morning. It's not just the mercy. God had mercy on us. But you know, He didn't have to provide anything if it was just mercy. Mercy doesn't provide anything. It just withholds punishment. Grace provides. Grace is sufficient, like he told Paul. 